1: Hi and welcome back to Ramdas here and now, and I'm Raghu Marcus. And today we have a uh, highly unusual uh, talk from Ramdas. That uh, it's a part of a talk from Ramdas that's actually taken. It's unusual in a couple of ways. This is taken from a talk he gave at the University of Kansas. And he gave this talk September 26, 1973. That was about literally two weeks in a day. Um, uh, uh, Actually, two weeks from the day that Neem Karoli Baba, Maharaji, left his body in 1973. And um, so that's... uh, I mean, we were all in India. We went back for, you know, various uh, ceremonies and so on, and uh, uh, we all flew over together on a plane, Ramdas Dass and, a, gee, it must have been maybe 20 of us or something. And uh, it was a highly charged uh, moment, as you can imagine. And I, I don't remember how long he was there, but, I mean, I remember being there a few weeks myself, he must have come back so he had just come back from india and he gave this talk and this talk uh this part of the talk is uh one of the, uh, the well he talks about the two dominant themes uh reaching for god and the mother all form being the mother the mother is shakti energy of the universe Um, And he talks about consuming the mother, meaning all of the negative and positive, all of the violence, all of the beauty. Consuming Kali, which is the emblem in India of the goddess who uh, consumes ignorance, who kills ignorance. Um, But the way that he... uh, just his vibration in this lecture I found highly unusual. It was very striking in his exhortation to the audience that he was with that night to just get on with it. He talked about, you know, you're caught up in anger, let it go. You're caught up in desire, just let it go. And he, and he actually, he referred to Maharaji, who... uh who and i remember maharaji saying to us you have a desire to drink this tea this chai don't drink it it was like this very uh, you know coming from well maharaji coming from the undivided uh, simple just if you and as ramdas goes on he talks about it, if you want this is the big leagues if you want to be in the big leagues you got to get down and dirty and let it go. And, you know, it's that kind... He had that kind of, uh, as you'll hear, uh, energy in this talk. Uh, so uh, really pretty interesting. And he even... You you talked about you know giving it up. You give up your stuff to mother, to Kali, to Guru, to Maharaji, and to Ramdas. He actually put himself in that. I've never heard him do anything like that. So, um, but in I, I would relate my own experience actually in talking about mother as Shakti and mother manifest uh, universe. And he he mentions here Ramakrishna. Um, I I know many of you know who uh, Sri Ramakrishna uh, is. He lived in the last century and uh, he was one um, of the uh, great spiritual beings from the last century. And uh, he was a devotee of Kali. He lived near Calcutta in an ashram called, uh, or town ashram called Dakshineshwar, which many people go on pilgrimage uh, to this day. Swami Vivekananda, who came to America, one of the first uh, Swami's uh, Eastern spiritual beings to come here, um, was a uh, close devotee, disciple rather, of uh, Sri Ramakrishna. And there's a great book, written by a man called Sri M, the Gospel of Sri Ramakrishna. Now, I encountered that. I first went to India, and I ended up at the Sri Aurobindo ashram because Maharaji Ramdas. I had written him, and he said, well, we don't know where uh, Maharaji is, and he was, went off. Uh, he and a bunch of people uh, went off to do these Vipassana courses in Bodhgaya, and I was in South India. And ended up at the Sri Ramakrishna, uh, I'm sorry, at the Sri Aurobindo ashram, and uh, where uh, the, uh, the resident saint was uh, called Mother. She was a French woman, uh, I think I've mentioned this before, uh, who, had, uh, who was sort of the spiritual sidekick of Sri Aurobindo, who was an incredible philosopher saint. Uh, and so she was alive when I was there. And she was very old, and um, I think she probably had Parkinson's or something. She had lost motor control over different parts of her body, which I had heard. And then, but she finally got well enough, so she was seeing people. So I eventually saw her. But um, before I saw her, somebody gave me this book, and I had no idea. I mean, I was 20-odd years old about what mother meant and what Shakti meant. And I started reading this book and I completely got absorbed deeply into it. And, and I had what you would call, uh, you know, an understanding that was more centered in the mind than it was in the heart, in the, you know, true experiential place from which we uh, get a vastly more direct hit but I got something from the book. The book is really powerful. I mean, this, he was an amazing being, the way that he reached out to Kali and the way that he related with her and the way that he loved her. I mean, I mean you know, where he would merge with her and he would go into these incredible samadhis, trances. Um, and you can see pictures of him, actually, if you go up in the net, you'll see pictures of him in trance they took uh, from way back then. Um, so I, uh, it, it was, uh, it was a very special experience for me, uh, just reading this book and being out in a place called Oroville. I was out, it's sort of a desert by the sea in a place called Pondicherry, India, amazing place. And I was alone just, you know, I would actually, I was living in this weird kind of building with a big picture of the mother and, uh, and it was open on either end. So it was kind of, Living out in the open, in the middle of India, or on the west, on the east coast of India, and uh, reading this book and completely getting absorbed. So finally, uh, I got to have darshan of mother, and I. um, So I went up, and they, you know, you're supposed to bring some something, prasad. In in the case of this particular tradition, you would bring a flower that, and they had. Each flower would have a different spiritual significance. And I don't know, I wasn't into it. I like bananas. So I brought, I got some bananas and I brought bananas and I'm standing there waiting to go in, you know, it was a line of people and you get to go in one at a time. And the guy at the door was this Swami who was, he looked like if you had died and gone to heaven and, you know, instead of St. Peter, you'd have this guy, long flowing hair and beard and bright eyes and you know huge he was like uh, you know a six foot four you know he was amazing and i was scared shitless going in there thought oh god i'm just gonna get caught up in this you know very elderly ladies you know loss of motor control and i'll be a schmuck because i won't see the anyhow the door opened he escorted me in And it was just like out of those books. I did not see that body. She contacted me with her eyes, and it was just light. I mean, and I, folks, have no, not an astral bone inside me. I don't see anything. I don't, you know, nothing. But in this case, I experience what they talk about when they talk about just entering a room with a holy person and seeing light. And so they sat me down in front of her and I gave her the bananas and she was like delighted. She was French. So she went, oh, banana. Oh, very nice. And, and then she just, in that moment, and I don't think, I mean, they probably let me, it seemed like it was an hour, but it was probably just a few minutes Um, and I got complete, and she just contacted me, you know, eye contact. And I got absorbed and into that, which is called mother, goddess, shakti. Um, uh, and there was a real meeting there and, a, and an absorption, and I had never experienced anything like that in my life before. And then I couldn't move, and, the, and this tall, beautiful Swami had to come and, okay, time, and he kind of grabbed me to get out. <laughs> I couldn't leave at that point. So um it was a tremendous experience and actually and I do believe I've told this story but later on when I finally did meet Neem Karoli Baba meet Maharaji, he I had come there from uh, another ashram by uh, who the uh, Swami Muktananda's ashram in in near Bombay I had come from there directly up to because they had told Ramdas told me well you can you can meet him now he's back in in the foothills of the Himalayas and so I had come from... So uh, Maharaji said, well, where were you before you came here? And I'm about to say, well, I was at Swami Muktanandas, and then before I could say a word, he looked at me and he'd point his finger at me. And in the sweetest voice that encapsulated the whole experience I had with mother, he went, mother. And um, then I understood that this was a bit of a i had a, sort of a you know i went to school a little bit uh, prior to getting to maharaji with mother of sri Aurobindo ashram uh, so this uh talk of ramdas has really brought back uh you know all of that all of those uh, that particular memory and that particular experience and i think it I mean maharaji would go on with us over and over day after day after day in those early days about what mother is and um you know and it was really i mean and you can hear it i mean if you those of you who who love Krishna das uh you can hear it in his uh devotion to the mother in the in the prayers and songs he sings to the- to uh, Kali and durga and um so, uh, and then there's this one great quote. So I, I just want to read this quote from Ram Dass um, because it really, uh, uh, it's, it's really a truth that I think is completely important. Um, so he talks about, you know, all of sadness ultimately becomes the preparation of your body, heart, and mind to receive God. And so he says, and all of the intercourse with God, the the tantric merging with God, the consuming and being impregnated and drawing to you of the mother, all of this is in the absolute purity that comes only when you have transcended, not denied, transcended by acknowledging all of your sexual panic, all of your power panic, and all of your survival panic. Okay, so this, is, yeah, and these are the most, you know, essential, of course, uh, anywhere in the world, but in the West where we are so caught up with sexual panic, power panic, and survival panic. Um, and not, again, not more than, not really, there may be ways that we're caught up more sexually than other cultures but um so it, uh, this consuming and this uh merging can only happen when when this uh when these things are transcended um so uh this is a a, a really great uh, piece it's a small uh, t- uh part of the talk uh but uh, it's really essency so uh hope you enjoy it the way i did Brought back a a lot of stuff for me. So, uh, and oh, I must mention, please continue to support us uh, at uh, Ramdas.org, Love, Serve, Remember Foundation. Um, We, um, and I want to tell you about um, the paperback book of Polishing the Mirror will be available on September 1st and uh, it will be available alongside of the audio uh, version Rameshwar das who uh wrote the book with Ram Das uh read uh polishing the mirror and it will be available uh at the same time so that's a nice thing because you can just take that download it and take it wherever you go and listen to it on the go, kind of like the way you probably listen to some of these podcasts um so uh that's uh that's coming up and um when you listen to this, by the way, folks, I shall be on a retreat in India back uh, at uh, at the ashram where I first met Maharaji, and uh, I'm happy to do that and happy to share uh, with everybody when I get back that experience. Meanwhile, um, everybody, uh, thank you again for your support. Continue to support us at ramdas.org and uh, I will see you next time on Ramdas, Here and Now.
0: I'll tell you what my reality looks like at this moment, just to share with you. There are two things in the reality in which I function in that are the dominant theme. One of them is the Mother, and the other is God. The entire universe, all of its forms, all form is the mother. You are all part of the mother, my body is part of the mother. I feed on the mother. I absorb the mother, I drink the mother, I feed at the breast of the mother continuously. The mother is the shakti, is the, the juice, is the vibration, is the energy of the universe. I keep growing in size as I feed more and more and more and more. I have to consume the mother. I consume all of it. I have to consume the violence, the beauty. I have to consume Kali, that aspect of the mother which goes with dagger to destroy those things that keep people from God, the fierceness of Kali. I have to consume Kalima. I have to consume the beauty of the universe. I have to take it in, not digest it so it doesn't exist anymore, but hold it all in my heart so that I'm acknowledging it all. So I am consuming the mother, and I am taking all that energy and using it in order to stay with God. Father, Father, son, and the mother is the Holy Spirit. Spirit made manifest, and the son returns to the father through the Holy Spirit. So that I worship the mother, just as Ramakrishna did. I worship the mother, consume the mother, make love to the mother, I make love to the universe. But in truth, I am the bride of God. For in truth, this game is the game of returning to God. Or well, put another way, in tantric terms, in true tantra, not in phony man-made tantra, it is intercourse with God, in which you become both the lingam and the yoni, in which you become both that which thrusts forth into God and that which opens to receive God. You are both. And any worldly ecstasy you know, or bliss, is as nothing compared to the ecstasy and bliss as your body enters into samadhi as your breath stops, as your pulse stops, and as you sit in, on the edge of being in God. For then you are beginning to know that part of yourself, which is the energy of the universe. And all of the sadhana ultimately becomes the preparation of your body, your heart, and your mind to receive your lover, to receive God. That's what it's about. Because when the shakti enters your body, if your body is not strong enough, it will rip you to shreds. If your heart is not open and you try to go to God, it will become dry and brittle and you will go insane. Until you have a discipline, a discipline that ultimately you crave, not, she needs discipline, not that kind but let me be disciplined so that you can sit with spine straight so that the Shakti moves in an appropriate way. You can sit and you can ask God, let me know you, God. I love you, God. I feel you, God. And breathe in the Mother through your heart. And take that and go with it up through the seventh chakra, the thousand petal lotus. Go above it and go back to the Father, which is what Christ asked you to do in the first place. I come to you to bring you to the Father. And all of that, the intercourse with God, the consuming and being impregnated and impregnating and drawing to you of the mother, all of this is in the absolute purity that comes only when you have transcended, not denied, but transcended by acknowledging all of your sexual panic All of your power panic. All of your survival panic. Because if you try to grab God prematurely, it will destroy you. It's as simple as that. And the game becomes very interesting. Whether you are so eager to have it that you will take it at whatever cost, even at your own destruction, which merely means new karma, which means you go around again and again. Or do you want it in perfection? In perfection, in which case you balance, move slowly, develop strength, clean up your game, get yourself purified meaning tuning, listening, hearing, cleaning up, strengthening, straightening, lightening, orienting your life more towards the awakening than staying asleep. The path of going into God in truth is not an easy path. How difficult it is for you is a function of how much you're attached your physical plane identity. But at the same moment as I tell you, it's not an easy path. I repeat, you're hooked. So it doesn't matter whether it's an easy one or a difficult one. You can't get away anywhere. And you will keep orienting and looking and listening just as you came here tonight. Now you got more tonight than you can use, most of you. You're glutted, you're overloaded, it's pouring off you. There's much more than you need for the next ten lifetimes, for many of you. Some of you were really thirsty and are drinking it up. Some of the stuff I've said tonight, five years from now, you say, oh, far out, like I'm doing with my guru. Oh, that's what he meant, far out. Just keep opening to you and opening and opening. what I'd really like to share with you I could only share with you after you've done all the basic stuff until then your minds won't allow it your fear your lack of trust won't fully allow it because things I could tell you you couldn't hear in purity you can't handle the virgin birth virgin Mary you can't handle it Your minds won't allow it. You play with it. Your doubts work with it. There's a good example. Your minds will constantly try to explain it all away. I know, I have one of those minds. If someone does... when you understand that all of the gurus that have ever existed who have tasted of God, believe me, they want only to be in God, and then they choose, by their choice, to stay in form on these planes, this plane or the astral planes, in order to liberate other beings, then you understand what a sacrifice is about. That is what the sac- Christ sacrifice was not getting crucified. Christ's sacrifices in taking form in the first place, in leaving the Father. That's the sacrifice. And for you, with your unworthiness, to realize that any being is sacrificing their existence, is making the total sacrifice of their being just for you, you can't handle it, and you'll get hysterical, and your mind will grab and do all kinds of weird stuff, because it's too heavy. Because you can't play in the major leagues until you have a major league mentality, and that means a hell of a lot of purification for all of us. I'm sure you've been in the situation where you've gotten into a relationship with somebody that is so pure and so delicate and so vibrationally exquisite at any moment And then they'll say something or you'll say something or your mind will flick in and there'll be something jarring and it'll be like a ripping sensation. And it will hurt you very deeply or hurt them. You didn't mean to do it or they didn't mean to do it but it just happened that way. Well, that's why some of this can't be shared because there'd be too much of a ripping sensation. because the rational mind is but a little system in this huge cosmology. But the rational mind wants to be the master. And it can't be, and it will fight to its death. That's what the Bhagavad Gita is about. a little of this got in and you just start to look at your life just through these little different ways of perspectives of reality and realize they're all relatively real honor them honor them and how do you get on with it the things that don't get you to God you give up what do you give up unworthiness you don't go analyze it you just give it up you give up guilt 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 isn't going to get you to God. You give up anger, it's not going to get you there. You want to get there or you want to screw around? That's it. Preoccupation with your own melodrama. You want to hold on to it or you want to get on with it. God doesn't care. You're the one that's in a rush. You're the one that came here tonight. You want to get on with it? Give up. It's very simple. That's what the guru says. Maharaj said to me, Ramdas. You're angry? I said, yeah, I'm angry. And I was very righteous. He says, give it up. I said, but... He says, give it up. And he looked at me like I'm you, girl. and I just told you to give it up. It's as simple as that. I'm telling you, if you feel unworthy to be in the presence of God, give it up. Don't analyze it. Don't say, I'll plan to give it up. Do it now. Here on does you take it. Here, Kali, you eat it. Kali eats it. (laughs) Here, Ma, you eat it. She eats anger. She eats everything in you that keeps you from God. She loves it. She feeds on it. She fills. She gorges herself on all your impurities. She loves it. She'll come after you to get them. But she'll only come after you if you ask her to. If you don't ask her, she won't bother you at all. But the worst thing is, if you ask her and then don't give them to her, then you're in for it. <laughs> That's phony holy. you In truth, want to give them up here, Kali Ma, You take it. And every time you fall on your face, you just get up, you brush yourself on off, and you get on with it. Cut out the melodrama. Oh, I've lost it. I'm blue. Screw that. That's just going to take more. That's not going to get you to God either. So you get very ruthless with yourself. Do I want to get there? Let me do it. Stop screwing around, I'll do it. Unworthiness, self pity, anger, lust, greed, doubt, sloth, and torpor,
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, tension and anxiety. But aren't those real? Don't all psychologists say, oh, that's real? Huh? sure it's real to psychologists (laughs) you don't like the stuff, give it up I'll take it, give it to me I won't hold on to it, I'll send it to God I won't get stuck with your karma I won't take anything from you unless you give it to me if you give it to me, I'll take it I won't take anything unless you give it because if I took it from you without you wanting to give it that's my problem then and I got enough Saras, without you but you can at any time in your meditations, at any time, you can say to any being that is here in order to help liberate other beings, take my shit, take my stuff, take it from me, Ma, take it Ramdas, take it Maharaja, take it Ramada, take it Christ, take it take it, take it, take it, take it Kalima. And then let it go. And then breathe into your heart and then talk to God. It's very simple. The game gets very simple. You have truly been <laughs> you're beautiful. There's another distinction: this distinction between mercy and caring. You know, if I were merciful, I would spend the whole evening trying to make you feel good. That you're really doing it well. Okay. But the problem is, I'm too caring. I really care that you get to God and caring doesn't make me merciful. I mean I'm controlling my viciousness because there's a lot of Kali in me that would just you know. but some of you have found it very uncomfortable being here because it's pushing you to look at stuff you don't want to look at just yet And everybody says, but aren't you the guy that wrote in Be Here Now? It's all all right? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. There's man's will and there's God's will. You have choice. Every choice you make can take you closer or further away. Day by day, minute by minute, choice by choice. And God, Guru, true self just sits back and watches. But if you in truth reach up and say, help me, in truth, if you reach for God in truth... That is what elicits what's called grace. And then all of the beings who are there only to serve come forward to reach forth, as just in that picture in the Sistine Chapel of man and God touching. Then God reaches forth and brute force and helps you. But that only happens when you reach. That's man's will.